Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Evan Carmichael, and we're going to talk about YouTube stories, and I don't mean how to make stories on YouTube. I mean how to do YouTube stories like we think of Instagram stories. It's a cool feature inside of YouTube that a lot of us are not using, and we're also going to talk about the community tab. Evan is an amazing YouTuber. You're going to learn a lot from what he has to say. By the way, if you want to reach me, I can be found on Instagram at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new, hit that subscribe button. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Let's now transition over to my interview with Evan Carmichael. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Evan Carmichael. If you don't know who Evan is, you need to know who he is. He is an entrepreneurial expert and successful YouTuber with more than 2 million subscribers and 300 million video views. He's also the author of multiple books, including Built to Serve and Your One Word, and he co-hosts the podcast, The Something to Prove Podcast. Evan, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, man. Great to be here. Well, it's awesome to have you. Today, Evan and I are going to explore YouTube stories and the YouTube community tab and kind of how they work and what we need to know about it. But before we go there, Evan, for those that don't know you, tell us how'd you get into YouTube? Start wherever you want to start. So I think your purpose comes from your pain. I think whatever you struggled with the most in life is what you want to help other people with, hence the new book, Built to Serve. Uh, I struggled a lot as an entrepreneur. My first business was 19. I had no mentors or role models. I struggled. I was making 300 bucks a month. 
and uh, was too embarrassed and ashamed to tell my friends that I wasn't having success and turned inwards. And it was a really kind of dark period of, of my life. And once I got through it, I vowed to try to help other entrepreneurs not feel so lonely, so isolated. And this is, you know, podcasting, YouTube, and there's so many options now. But I first got into YouTube just as a way to be able to share my story and to share what I had learned about entrepreneurship to try to make the path a little bit easier for other people. I'm a visual learner, and so I would default to YouTube because it's a visual platform. And um, that's it. Now, 6,000 videos later, 300 million views later, here we are talking to you. Now, how many years ago did you start your YouTube channel? So I think like most things, we start, but it's not necessarily all in on it. So I started my channel over 10 years ago. It was April 2009. I uploaded a video. I didn't upload another video for a while and just kind of start and stopping, start and stopping. I think like most people, when they discover any new social media platform, they don't just decide that this is gonna be the thing. So it was five years of just hacking away and playing with it. And, and then after five years, I started taking it a lot more seriously. YouTube also expanded as a platform and grew. In 2009, if you looked at popular videos on YouTube, they weren't educational. There were, you know, man slips on ice and cat coughs up a hairball and just really <laughs> short, stupid things. Right. No, there's no educational kind. I'm here making these 10 minute long educational videos. <laughs> Nobody was watching it at the time, but the platform grew and, and emerged and became a place for thought leaders and for my category of entrepreneurship for people to come online and look for help. And so as it became a better opportunity and as I got better, to be frank, on camera, I started taking it more seriously. So about five years in, so five years ago, I started saying, this is something I'm going to do more. I'm going to start going daily on YouTube. So you started creating daily videos on YouTube and what were the topics of the videos and what's changed between then and now? The thesis has always been the same. My core values believe. I want people to believe in themselves more. I think the world's biggest problem is people don't believe in themselves enough. And that's the mission I'm on for the rest of my life. The content that I share is a mix of my own advice and stories and journey and what I'm going through, as well as DJing content from other successful people to say, hey, if you love Elon Musk, here's a video that I made breaking down his success so you don't have to watch eight hours of his footage. Here's a 15-minute concise breakdown of it. And the target audience for your YouTube channel is who exactly? Entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs. There are definitely some people who are having a lot of success in entrepreneurship, but it's geared mostly towards the earlier beginning stages because that's where most people are. And so it's a mix between people who have started their business and they're solo or maybe have a small team or they're thinking of starting the business. They know they're capable of more. What they're doing right now is not a true reflection of what they're capable of and they want some guidance to be able to push forward. What have you been able to achieve, Evan, as a result of growing that channel? I mean, how has it helped your business? Well, it's become one of the biggest parts of my business. I got two book deals with major publishing houses because of it. I've got speaking gigs around the world because of it. That led me to being nominated and winning awards from Forbes and Inc. as one of the greatest speakers in the world for social media and leadership. Got me into meetings that I would never have thought possible. Got to collaborate with people like Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk and all sorts of big people. And, but most importantly, it's, it's impact. Like it's waking up and knowing that the work that I do matters and is meaningful to people. It's hard to imagine what 300 million people look like, right? It's kind of a right. giant number. 
but I'm spoiled in that every day I can wake up and go look at my comments. And I know you get this on your podcast and Facebook and everything that you're doing as well. To wake up and feel like the work that you do matters to people is the greatest gift. I'm living my purpose and I want others to as well. Excellent. Now, a lot of people that listen to my podcast are thinking about YouTube or maybe just getting started with YouTube, but in particular, those that aren't yet all in on YouTube. What do you want to say to them? Why should they consider YouTube? They shouldn't just consider YouTube. YouTube should be your number one place for content. Couple reasons. One, it's the only place where your content lives forever. Nobody's going back a week on your Instagram or your Facebook or your your tweets or your stories. Nobody's going back, but your YouTube content lives forever. The, The videos that I made 10 years ago are still getting views, are still getting suggestions, are still getting, you know, comments, uh, traffic, subscribers, uh, still building my brand. And so whatever you make today will live forever in YouTube. It's the only place that does it. YouTube also pays you to do it. I don't know how big a deal that is for some people listening that they may have other business models that they're trying to monetize, but YouTube will pay you to create content. They have uh, advertising teams of thousands of people out there selling ads against your content. You know, Twitter's not paying you to make content. Instagram's not paying you to make content. Even podcasts, you have to go out and, and get your own advertisers or have the business model that's tied to it. You can have all that plus you know, getting paid to do it by YouTube and Google by making YouTube videos. Anybody who has a message, anybody who is trying to spread awareness, which I take it as a big percentage of your audience and why people listen to your show, YouTube should be the foundational place for your content. And the last benefit of it is it's long form and video. And if you're making content on YouTube, you can then splice and dice that content for all the other social platforms. I love making data-driven decisions. So a great example is YouTube will show you what's called an audience retention curve. And so it shows you where people are, are falling off in your videos. So at the beginning, it'll be 100% because anybody who starts the video at you know zero seconds is, is watching a video. But then you'll see it quickly drop and you'll see where people are falling off. And it tells you with data to say, okay, like what you did there really sucked. People left the video, they went somewhere else. So you need to watch that part back and fix it so you don't do it again. But then they have these, these magical moments that are either a flat line, which means nobody left, or a spike, which means people rewound that video to watch that part again. So whatever mm-hmm. you said at the 28 minute mark was really good. And people rewound to watch it again. That's the clip that then you cut and you take the Twitter and you take the Instagram and you take the LinkedIn. So you use your YouTube as the base and then you split up the content for all the other social platforms. Fascinating. You know, one of the things that I love about YouTube because it is purely a content platform is that they will promote your better videos. They will find an audience for your videos, won't they? Yes. I mean, you still have to have great videos and content and do a lot of work. It's not just upload a video on Presto, you're a success. But yes, YouTube will recommend your content against other people's videos. And if you have something to say, you have a message that you know can impact people's lives and help solve problems, YouTube will help you gain a new audience that has never heard of you. And it's the only platform that really does that well. Yeah. And that's the unique distinction because while it's true that YouTube is not uh, on, so on Facebook, for example, we all know that if you post something organically, it's just going to be seen by a tiny little fragment of your fan base. Yes. And I'm sure it's true with YouTube as well. But the difference with YouTube is they know a lot of information about what people like to watch. And like I said, if your video is really good, they will suggest your video or it'll come up in YouTube search. And Facebook search isn't really even much of a thing at all. So I think the discovery side of it is a big upside for a lot of marketers if it's done right. And, and just some extra context on that. I have 2 million subscribers, 300 million views. 
I know a lot of the views are, are from subscribers and they'll watch more than one video, but 83 to 87% of my views every month are from non-subscribers. That's huge. And that means you're growing. If you're only being shown to your current subscribers for any platform, you're losing ground. So even now at my size and it's education, you know, I'm not a 10 million plus uh, channel yet. I don't know that there are any solid education channels that are that high, but the fact that I still get 80% plus means your channel is growing and it's huge, not just for me, it's huge for everybody listening and should be um, hopefully a force to push them into creating content. Let's talk about the YouTube story. A lot of people in my audience are going to be familiar with the Instagram story. And when we say YouTube story, we don't mean like a storyline. We mean like, like an Instagram story. So um, tell us what is a YouTube story and talk to us a little bit about what its function and purpose is. So YouTube stories is a relatively new feature that they introduced. It came widely available, I believe November of 2018. So it's still pretty new. A lot of people aren't using it, but if you think about what an Instagram story does in that you have Instagram where you have your main content, you have your posts, you have your feed, your videos. And then the story is these short little 15 second clips that you can record of yourself, of the behind the scenes, of bonus videos, of your life, and then share it. And so YouTube basically copied that. There's, there's some pros and some cons of using YouTube stories versus Instagram stories. But if you're familiar with Instagram stories, just imagine that on YouTube, you're taking 15 second videos of yourself, of your business, of your expertise, of behind the scenes, of, of bonus clips, of uh, new videos that are coming out, and you're sharing it with not just your audience, but a wider audience as well. And so YouTube is really working hard to help promote people's stories, not just their videos. I'm going to ask a million questions here. Uh, do you use the YouTube app itself to create the YouTube story in the same way you do the Instagram app, or do you have to somehow separately create that video and then upload it to YouTube? both just like you can with Instagram, you can create it natively through YouTube. They give you some tools to be able to edit the, the actual video itself on your phone, or you can create your own clip offline and then upload it from your phone. It has to be done from your phone. This is a mobile only. Like if you go to my channel or anybody's channel from the desktop or your TV, you will not see stories. It's, it's a mobile only application. Now, does it automatically swipe to the next story if it's longer than 15 seconds? C can you take a couple of them and put them together if you understand what I'm saying? You can, but it's not continuous. You have to let go of your thumb and then record again. Got it. But when they play back, they do play back back to back. Is that right? Yes. If you're cutting it, you can cut it in 15 second intervals and then upload as many as you want. You can't yet select multiple, so you have to do them one by one, but you can upload as many as you want. Let's talk about how long they last for. Sure. So they last seven days, mm. which is awesome. So an Instagram story falls apart pretty quickly. Right. But uh, YouTube will last for seven days. They'll promote it for seven days. They feature you. This is what's beautiful about YouTube stories is they promote you on your own channel. So if somebody's coming to your channel, they can see you there. But they also promote you to look like audiences. They think you are like whoever, like Gary Vee, like Evan Carmichael, like, you know, whatever brand name you want to pick. And so they're going to so show your stories underneath my videos. Mm. Now, how does the user experience work when they log in since it's only on the mobile app, right? Like when do they yeah. see the stories exactly? So there's a couple of places. The most popular place is either on the home. So when you go to your, you just go to YouTube through the app right there, like boom, right there, you'll see 
uh, stories, mm-hmm. especially if they're if you're subscribed to channels, you'll see it for sure. If you're not subscribed to any channel that has stories, then it'll pop up. YouTube's algorithm will keep checking to see how often is Michael looking at the stories or not. But it's on the homepage. It's on a subscription feed. It's on the individual video. So if I'm on a Nevin Carmichael video or Gary Vee video or Michael Seltzer video, right underneath, sometimes I'll see stories. So basically anywhere you can see videos, pretty much you can see stories as well. Plus the little avatar. So if I go to somebody's channel, their face will be covered in a little circle around, just like Instagram that you can click and watch the story. What can the story do? Does it have like a swipe up feature like Instagram does, or does it allow you to put any kind of clicks or links or anything like that in the story or no? So this is where they're not so good. YouTube does not have a hashtag feature, so you can't hashtag things. They have a location feature, but it doesn't do anything in the sense that there's no, you know, I live in Toronto, Canada. I can't search Toronto and my story will, will show up. YouTube doesn't work like that. It goes by look like audiences. So just like their videos, Tags do zero in a YouTube video, right? This is not a hashtag game. That's not how YouTube works for any of their content. Uh, it's look like audiences based on preferences and, and user behavior. So you can tag people, but they don't get notified and you can't click through to their account. Oh, um, interesting. There's, there's no swipe up and they're very hesitant around putting a swipe up on because YouTube, what they're genius at is keeping you on the platform. They don't want you to leave the platform. So they have been talking about it internally for brand deals. So, you know, you get sponsored by Gillette for XYZ deal to then have a swipe up link to to go somewhere. But they don't want that to be standard across everybody's post that you're leaving a platform. Can you link to one of your own videos or no? That's where I was going, man. Yeah. So you can once a week. Tell me more. Once a week, you can pick any video on your channel. You still need to make a video. So you're going to record a video, say, hey, it's Michael. I just recorded this new video. It's amazing. You got to go check it out. Or you have a highlight, like you have to have some kind of video. But then it's this little thumbnail that shows up on that story that then people can click through to then go watch the video. What I just discovered today, actually, which I was talking about channel manager, is you can link to as many other channels videos as you want, but only one to yourself. Uh, I could see some strategic partnerships here, couldn't I? Partnerships or like me, I have 10 different channels. And so I can link out to my other channels from my main one, ah. but, but, but partnerships for sure. So there's some, you know, sneaky things that you can do there, but for your own videos, only one. So it's figuring out now for some people, maybe they only do one a week. So that's an easy decision for other people uh, who are making much more content. You know, we're up to six videos a day across the channels. Then you got to be a little more strategic with what you're going to promote. So I would imagine if you have, like we do sometimes on our channel where I'm at a conference and I'll interview someone, Mm -hmm. if they wanted to, they could put a story out on their channel and then they could link to the video that stars them on my channel, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about how you're actually, is there anything else we need to know functionally about how stories work? I mean, do they disappear after you've watched them to the user or are they there all the time and they kind of just ignore them? I mean, like, you understand what I mean by that? Like yeah. I've watched your story. Am I not going to see that story again after I've watched it? So just like Instagram, it remembers where you're at as long as you're logged in from your same account. Okay. And so you can go back, but it'll remember where you're at. So if, if it's seven days of my stories and I'll post between one to 20 stories a day, depending on what's happening. And also I'm playing with just trying to understand the algorithm a little bit better because stories has its own algorithm. But if you watched as of three days ago, you come and check out my stories, you'll 
it'll remember that you watched as of three days ago and then show you whatever the next one was in queue. So you don't have to start all the way over from hmm. seven days ago. You can still go back though, right? Like as a user, you can still go back and you love my story from four days ago. You can go back and watch that again, as long as it hasn't expired. There's no highlights, so you can't save it for people to watch forever. You can download it, so you have a local copy to your phone, but you can't highlight it or save it so that people can watch it later on your channel. What about analytics? It's coming. It's still fairly weak in the sense that you have to go post by post to know how many views are happening on every post that comes in. They just launched, which I'm super excited about, in the back end, they now show you how many subscribers you get from your stories. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's fairly new. And so right now for me, it's 4% of my subscribers come from stories. So it's not a giant number, but it's not insignificant either. I'm at 60% mobile, which is on the lower end of average. So that means 40% of my traffic isn't even coming from mobile, so they have no chance to see the stories. But most channels are higher. Does story show as a traffic source on your YouTube videos also? That's a good question. I would imagine that it does because it shows as a subscription source, but it's not something that, that, that you, I've been tracking. Yeah, I would imagine it's probably there somewhere in the uh, analytics thingamajigger. I, I would imagine so. YouTube has pretty robust analytics, but what they suck at for analytics on stories is tell me how many how many views I got per story. Tell me which story did really well. Yeah. Even comments, so people can respond. People can leave comments on your stories. And oh. what's cool is you can actually make a video reply back to them, but it doesn't go to them. There's no DMing, there's no DM capabilities. If somebody leaves a comment on your story, you can make a video message back, but it's a public video. Everybody sees it, it gets added to your story. Oh, interesting, okay, that's what's very different about Instagram where it's private. So every comment on a story, anybody can see it, but isn't the story full screen? So how would you even know to make the comment or is it not full screen? So first off, whenever you're doing an Instagram comment reply, you can post your story as well. You can you can share it to the person and post it to your story if you want to make it public. So they have that option in there. When you're watching somebody's story, there's three functions. They can like it, so they can give it a thumbs up. They can leave a comment on it. Those are at the bottom. And then at the top, there's a button that says subscribe. So they can subscribe to your channel from each story if they're not already subscribed. So if they do leave a comment, then the challenge is you have to go story by story. So if you're uploading a lot, so if I'm doing 20 stories a day, uh, I got to go through each one to see the comments. The idea of responding, I love the idea of responding to video. It's the thing that drives me nuts the most of YouTube because it's a it's a video sharing platform. And for all the comments that I get, I can't respond with a video. Right. So with stories you can, but it makes it public. Some people, how people are using it is, hey, ask me, hey, it's Michael, ask me anything. And for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to be responding to your questions. Right. Just kind of like on Instagram where they had that question box and then you could respond to the ones that you want and it'll show their question on screen or their comment on screen with you sharing your message around it. When we do play back a story, does it take over the whole screen like Instagram does or is it just kind of a portion of it? Yes, it's it's uh, vertical and takes over the screen. So to see the comments, somebody would have to intentionally like scroll down or something. Is that right? Oh, I don't know if they can see each other's comments. Yeah, because if they can't, then that's probably private, is my guess. I'm actually not sure. I don't see enough other people's stories. I see the comments because I'm the channel owner. Yeah. I'm not going on other people's stories enough to know if if you can see other people's comments 
I don't know. It's a good question. Interesting. Let's talk about the way you're using stories. You said you're producing like quite a few of them a day. So let's talk about what you've learned in the creation of the stories and like maybe the substance of what you're talking about in your stories. Sure. And, and let's quickly touch on why, you know, so I think, I think stories is a really unsaturated environment right now. It's a big white space. People are not using it. Even in the marketing space, Gary Vaynerchuk is not using it. Wow. So if you're making marketing content, I've just went to his channel today. Now, I mean, recording this video just after New Year's, the past seven days have been Christmas and New Year's and all bunch of stuff, but still nothing, zero from him, his team, nothing. Wow. So if you're creating marketing content and you're trying to win on YouTube, you could be showing up under Gary V's videos with your stories because nobody's doing it. Huh. Even a lot of the people who've made videos on how to do YouTube stories and the benefits they're not making stories, <laughs> at least not in the past seven days. And I got, yes, holidays and everything, but it's right. seven days, right? Nothing huh. to give you some numbers. I shared kind of my percentages for subscribers, but I get on an average story, I'll get 30 to 40,000 views wow. by seven days to put that in perspective. Is that 10% of your audience or something like that? It's pretty big, right? Well, my audience, it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to tell my, my subscriber base is 2 million, right? But my daily views is 140-ish thousand. Wow, that's pretty big. Daily views. So 30 to 40,000 views per story on an average story. Some stories will pop and do do bigger and some will tank. But an average story, 30 to 40,000 views after seven days. That's not bad. That's not bad. And now, keep in mind, these are 15-second views versus 140,000 views on my videos that are you know 15 minutes long. Right, so right. Th there's definitely that to consider. A view is not a view. A 15 second versus 10 minute uh, is a totally different kind of view. But it's still exposure and awareness. And I think it's actually more beneficial for somebody who has a low frequency channel. I post so many videos that I'm being recommended all the time by YouTube. I think it's actually most beneficial for somebody who's posting one video a week or less. Okay. Because it's a lightweight way to get discovered and get your message out. And to be in front of your audience more frequently, right? In front of your audience more and new audience. I want you growing. I want you showing up against other people's channels. So this takes 15 seconds to make. It's expected that it's less produced, that it's behind the scenes, that it's more authentic, that doesn't have a lot of production quality to it like you'd expect from a YouTube video. Right. And so uh, the average, I was talking to my YouTube channel manager before this, and he said the average creator sees an eight and a half plus percent boost in subscribers just by using stories. Excellent. So tell me about what you're doing with your stories. So I'm playing around with it. I love just tossing a bunch of stuff that I think are all great ideas, but the data will tell me what's a great idea or not. The easiest place to start is take highlights from your videos. So you just put out a video. I would look at the data, see what part of the video had that audience retention spike, and then take the 15 seconds around it that make the most sense and post that as a story. Or again, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you can play with it if, if you need to. That's easy, bare basics. Real quick, for people yeah. that are like, okay, but, but I filmed in 16 by nine and it's vertical, what do you do? You just, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, you edit it. Okay. Or this is what I, I did one today. I took out my phone and recorded my screen. So oh, I, I see. You were talking over the top while you were basically yeah, showing you, you could record yourself saying hey i just launched a new video it's it's insane and then record your screen and hit the play button yeah huh okay that's like, cool it's your computer it's dirty but it's it's part of the like this is my actual computer right, right. it's like you're in michael's office you're with me yeah huh, that's cool 
so that's one example of what you're doing. What else are you doing? I will take a good chunk of what I'm posting to Instagram and post to YouTube as tests, the stories. Oh, you'll just literally download them and then re-upload them to YouTube? Pretty much. As long as they don't have any Instagram only features to them. Right. So, but some people don't even care. Ty Lopez does this all the time. He'll do a poll on Instagram that says, hey, should I feed this homeless person or not? Yes or no, vote. And then he'll just take that and put it to his YouTube story, even though you can't vote. But in that case, people would just comment, presumably? They could, but you can tell that it's been designed for Instagram, not YouTube. Interesting. Have you ever tried about like, ask? you mentioned ask me anything. Tell me more about how you've been doing that. So people, if you want to interact with the YouTube audience, you can just make a quick story, 15 seconds to say, hey, I'm free for the next uh, hour. Let me know if you guys have any questions. I'm traveling from X to, to Z. The downside of this is people may not see it until four days later because right. your story lives forever. But people will respond, they'll ask you questions, and then their question will appear on the screen. You get the pick, not all of them, right? You pick the ones you want to answer, and then you respond to it. You hold, you know, it'll be over your face. Or it's like the lower third will be the question, and then your face is whatever you want to put in the screen, and you press record and you answer it. And then that content lives for the next seven days as well. And so for anybody who is a thought leader, is an expert, has wisdom to share either themselves or they're trying to showcase their business or their CEO as an expert, it's again, a really lightweight way to be able to create content that's expected to be a little more on the dirty, unproduced side. How in the world are you getting their question up on the screen while you're doing this? That's automatic. So when you see comments, so you, if you made a post and say, hey, ask me a question and I'll, I'll respond to 20 questions, people, will, you'll see the comments underneath on the video. You have to go to your phone, just go to the app, find that story, scroll, you'll see all the questions and then you can choose to reply. And uh -huh. then the reply, you can click the video button. And then as soon as you press that, it's automatic. You'll see the comment at the bottom or lower third and then your face and then you just press record. And then the video is created. And then, again, it's shared with your whole audience. It's not. A ah, OK, that's important. So so basically what you're saying is I'm going to select a couple of you to answer your question over the next period of time. And that injects into your story. And it's just a 15 second answer is what I'm hearing you say. Right. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. What seems to work the best? I mean, is it mostly promoting videos? Is that kind of the core of what you're doing? What I actually find works the best is telling a multi frame story. So. As an example, I posted about my morning routine. I go through five things every morning. And so I will share me saying, hey, I'm changing up my morning routine and I'm going through five new things every morning. So that's one. And then the second would be, here's the first, here's the second, here's the third, right? So each one of those five becomes its own post. And then I do a summary with a graphic to say, here are, the, here are all five of them. So that one concept becomes seven different uh, posts. Uh, stories. Does it let you record them without uploading them so you can upload them all in one stream or do you have to record and upload and record and upload or does it allow you to save it? Like on Instagram, you know, you can save a story and publish it later. Yes, you can do that. So you can pull out your phone and record it and then you have an option to save or post. Okay, cool. So if you want to save it for later, great. Although if you're going to record it for later, I'd recommend just using your phone camera, not the YouTube camera, because usually you have built-in stabilizer on your phone, mm. which YouTube and Instagram both don't pick up when you're recording from your phone. So if you're going to save it for later or there's some you know moment that, at a party or conference that you want to save and you know you're going to post, I'd recommend just using your camera and just trying to keep track of 15 seconds. What about audio? Do you care about the audio quality or are you just talking directly to your phone? 
same thing like you would on Instagram. So yes, if you're in a super loud, you know, busy conference and people can't hear you, that's going to be a problem. Uh, there's a bunch of people who just posted, you know, New Year's Eve, right. uh, celebrate. You can't hear anything. <laughs> it's just. Do you recommend having a little lapel mic with you or something? When I travel, I do. Yeah. But, you know, it's part of most of the content is pretty gritty and it's meant to be like it's meant to be handheld. Right. It's meant to not have perfect production quality. It's just is it so bad? So I was doing some at a Starbucks that I did a meetup in New York City and people were complaining like we can't hear anything you're saying. I was like, OK, so I won't do that again or bring a mic next time. But for the most part, your phone microphone is good enough. Now, I would imagine YouTube Live does not publish through stories. Am I right or am I wrong on that? I don't know. I'm curious. No, YouTube Live does not publish through stories. You can post to your story afterwards to say, hey, I went live, go check it out. Or you can do a preview to, to say, hey, I'm going to go live, go to my YouTube channel. Here's the link. I'll answer any questions you have. But it doesn't post through. Now, but you can go live directly from the YouTube app. And it is a vertical kind of experience similar to a story. Am I right or am I wrong? That part's right. Yeah. So yeah. when you post, you can go live. It's vertical. You'll see comments come up and you can answer them as a live experience. Yeah. And then you could save that video or make it unlisted or private or take it down afterwards. Does that go to the community tab or does that go directly to your YouTube videos? Community tab is something totally different. A live video, once it's finished, will be processed. That time just depends. When I, when I do my tour, I stream for eight to 12 hours a day. So that's a lot of processing that happens afterwards. If you're doing a quick like five minute here I am, New Year's, whatever, right. um, that'll process faster. That then gets put as a video on your channel and you get to pick if you wanna make it a public video, unlisted video um, for members only. YouTube launched members not that long ago, so it's a membership. People can pay you to be a part of your channel every month um, in exchange for perks and bonuses that you're gonna offer. And quite often one of those perks or bonuses is live streams just for members. Right, um, you, you so, do that, right? Yep, yeah, I do that. Do you want any more, anything else on YouTube stories before we talk about the community tab? What else? So the last seven days up to 15 seconds, you have to have a minimum of 10,000 subscribers. Okay. So it's not for anybody just to come on and automatically, you know, you're good to go. Comments we talk, we talk about are public. Does, does it compete with your videos in the feed, quote unquote? Like, is there any kind of concern about whether or not they'll show a story over a video or whether you should or shouldn't? I'm just curious because I know at some point people were concerned that maybe they'd rather have their videos shown in the feed rather than their stories shown in the feed. Um, it does, but it's a separate algorithm. I so see. somebody's story is going to get shown no matter what. Ah, I see. So you may as well compete because there's not a lot of people <laughs> yeah. in there is what I'm hearing you say. You, you want it to be your story. Got it. <laughs> so yeah, you should definitely be there. Yeah, and it doesn't, if your stories do poorly, it doesn't impact your videos. And if your videos do poorly, it doesn't impact your stories. So it's its, its own separate algorithm. I'd be focused on mainly how do I get people to watch my next story. And so that's why I find if you upload a bunch in sequence that all cover a similar theme or topic, they want to watch to the next one. Since it's a seven day thing, are you just doing it once a week? Or are you doing it like, do you recommend in the beginning, just trying it once a week or trying it every day? What's your thoughts on that? I would try at least once a day. I mean, if you want to get good at anything, you need to practice. If you're practicing for 15 seconds once a week. That's nothing. You're just not going to get good at it, right? Anything. So let me ask you this question. Let's say today's Tuesday and you recorded Monday and Tuesday. Is someone going to only see Tuesday or are they going to see Monday and Tuesday because if they missed Monday? 
they haven't seen Monday, they'll they'll see Monday first, as I long see. as it's within seven days. So Got yes. It. Perfect. All right, let's talk about the community tab. The community tab is also its own separate thing, right? Why don't you describe what that is and maybe what you do with that and what we can do with the community tab? So community tab is separate. I believe it's open to everybody. So you should have access. Yeah, it is. It is. So you should have access to this. At the start, YouTube likes to roll things out in, in beta, but this is open to everybody. It's a way for you to connect with your audience, to pull them, to give them bonuses, to share behind the scenes stuff. And it pops up in people's feed similar to what stories would do, similar to what videos would do. The new members only feature is interesting where this is the way that you communicate with your members. You don't get their email addresses. You can't DM them. The way you communicate with members is through the community tab and you post members only posts, pictures, live streams. So when I go live, it'll be a community tab members only post to an unlisted live stream. So the only people who can see it are going to be people who are members of my community. The way that I love using it the best is for split testing titles. Again, I love making data-driven decisions. So we will put out uh, a poll to our community tab for every video that we're going to launch. And here's an example. This was from a week ago. I said, which title do you prefer for our next video? Your vote will decide what we call it. And then I I gave two different titles. One had 63% of the vote. The other had 37% of the vote. Hmm. off of 4.4 thousand votes. So you're using that to make a decision or have you kind of already made up a mind and are you mostly using it to affirm the decision you've already made? I'm just curious. So a bit of both. My team and I, for every video, we'll sit down and we'll we'll come up with our top two titles. When, when we're doing titles, we'll spitball a whole bunch of them. You know, maybe have 10 different ideas and then we'll come down to our favorite two. And typically we do one that's curiosity based where we don't say you know, what the answer is and one where we we make a, a bold claim. That's typically the two that we usually end up down to, but we love them both. It's like, what's our best curiosity? What's our best bold claim? And then we put it to the community and they tell us which one they liked, you know? So do you have an uh, example of one you want to read to me? So we made one about building wealth. And so one was anyone can do it. And the other one was these habits will get you rich. Let me guess. It was the second one that everybody wanted, right? It was the first one. Really? Anyone can do it. Wow. 63% of the vote. Huh. Off 4.4 thousand votes. But this is the thing, right? Like, I would go with you. Yeah. I bet on the second one. Maybe the first one could be the text inside the thumbnail or something, huh? <laughs> we play with that too. Yeah. But like again, the data says, Evan, you're wrong. Okay, great. I'm happy to be wrong. I want to make decisions that, that prove out because... If it's only off of what I know, then that's going to be a, a problem. Does the poll only allow them to click a button or can they leave a comment also? They can leave comments too. Polls are great because it's so easy. It's so lightweight. Again, most of the experience is from mobile. So they're going through their phone and they just see, I think you can do up to four options. Maybe you can do more. I'm actually not sure. We don't test that much. Instagram is four. So if you're doing you know, two, three, four, they see these polls and then they just have to click. So they're more likely just to click than to spend the time to then click comment and explain. But some people, so to give you perspective, that post, it was a week ago. They don't last very long. Like they're not in people's feeds for more than a day. Four and a half thousand votes, 578 thumbs ups and 23 comments. Now, but if you go to the community tab, it's all there and you can scroll back and see it forever. Am I right or wrong? Yes, you can delete it if you want. So okay. you can choose to remove them if you don't want them there. But otherwise, yes, just like a video, it's there forever. What else do you do in the community tab other than polls? 
Uh, we'll share. So for public, so we, you have to split up the strategy between members, which are going to be private only. Let's assume we're talking public. So public, whatever I want to promote will be there. So if I'm promoting my tour, promoting my book. So you can I, link off site with this is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, you can definitely link off site. You can link to your videos. You can have one main link that you can put in there and it'll show preview. So we'll do, we'll do that. We'll, I, I split off my channel into 10 different channels. And so when I'm trying to get reach on one of the other channels, say, Hey, I just did this video on, you know, Bruce Lee, go check it out. And people will go and then watch that video and we'll always see a spike. And then we'll share just inspiring quotes, you know, something believe related, usually a quote of mine that I, you know, like that we probably posted on Instagram and then, and then bring it in a text, uh, a text or a graphic. Uh, I'll do text, although you can do images. You can do images, you can do polls, and you can do uh, videos. Those are your three options. So it sounds a lot like Facebook almost. Yeah, you know, pretty similar. How do people see it? I mean, do they have to remember to go to the community tab? Or I can't remember if you said it, there was any kind of uh, discoverability on that. So this is only to your subscribers. Okay. People who are following you. And it doesn't, most people will never go to the community tab. It's going to show up in their feed. I see. It's still a percentage. So just like Facebook is a percentage, this is a percentage. Do they show you any kind of analytics on this? Just what I said, like number of votes if you're doing a poll, number of comments, number of likes. Have you found whether or not um, the, I'm, I'm assuming there's a special algorithm for the community tab also. Have you found whether, like if you link offsite to something promotional, like your book, whether they don't get as much engagement because the yeah, algorithm? Definitely. Yeah, could, yeah. Polls get the most. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. Anything else you need to know about community tabs? Then just members. So you can have an entire membership strategy if people are paying you. The default was five bucks a month. Okay. And now they set it so that you can have as many tiers as you want. So you can have the elite tier that's a hundred bucks a month or, or whatever. And then you think, what are they going to get for that access? So with live streams with Michael or bonus PDFs or exclusive podcasts or whatever it is that you want to give away. This is the place. It's the only place to communicate with your members. So they're more hardcore because they're paying to be part of your community. So they may even go to your community tab because they know that you're going live on this day, even if they don't see it in their feed showing up. Is the community tab like stories where it's a mobile only feature or is it also on the desktop? Community is on the desktop. So if you go to anybody's channel, there's their homepage, which most people know, but then there's this tab across the top that it's videos and then I think playlists, which is channel playlists, and then community. Do you feel like the community tab is an underutilized thing by marketers or creators? Yeah, I think the ability to actually talk to your audience and pull them. So I do I do the polling. I want the insights. I want the data before we launch the video because it gives you the best shot of having a good video. The other way that people use it that I do, I don't do a ton of is more the behind the scenes. So the making of, especially if your videos are a long way in between. So animators or songwriters, it just take a long time to make a video. You could share the behind the scenes, the process, the lyrics, the storyboards, just to get people feeling like they're part of your journey. That works super well. Um, Real quick on that. Yeah. Does that mean you can upload a video directly to a story and it doesn't necessarily live in your video feed? Do you understand what That's, I'm asking? I think you need to upload it as an unlisted video to YouTube that then you link to. I see. Got it. So it's not like stories where it's a split, a place where you can host video necessarily. It's more of a link to your existing videos, but, but with pictures, that's different, right? Pictures you can upload. Yeah. Whatever you want. Can you do a bunch of them or do you have to do them one at a time? Like carousel style? 
One picture. One picture. Okay, cool. Yeah. Evan, first of all, thank you for answering my million questions. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) About YouTube stories and about community tabs. Uh, If people want to check you out, first of all, where do they find your YouTube channel? And then secondly, where do they find you and all the great stuff you're doing? I mean, just search Evan Carmichael, whatever platform you're on, I'm probably there. Evan Carmichael, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. Thanks a lot, man. Yes, great questions as always. Hey, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. If there was anything we mentioned and you missed it, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. You can find them at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 393. And by the way, if you're new, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss a future episode of this podcast. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast-talking host, Michael Stelzner. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. See you next week. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.